All right, Mark 15, if you will. We're down now, verse 6. We're going to talk about Barabbas this evening. We got down through the first five verses, uh, first uh, five, six verses there. We, we looked last time about Pilate and uh, the things that were going on there. And, and now in verse 6 to verse 15, we're going to look at Barabbas and uh, what Pilate is going to be doing here and so forth. And Barabbas is in all four of the Gospels. This event here, uh, it's, it is an issue of, uh, I'm making sure my phone is off, down. <laughs> you turned yours off? Okay. <laughs> Very good. Off, off. Good deal. So Barabbas, as we, we're going to see here as we look at him, uh, Barabbas sits in all four Gospels. And uh, usually how he is taught is in that Sunday school lesson type way. Uh, he's a prisoner. He's a bad dude. He's going to go die. And then Jesus comes in and subs takes his place. So they use it at, kind of in that manner. Uh, as we're going to look at it, there's more to it than that. And uh, try to get up underneath some of the behind the scenes there's more to it than just that picture of the substitution of the Lord for him. And it is that. It's not a, that's not, but there's just some more to it because actually what Barabbas is going to picture is the, uh, is the nation of Israel. And uh, there's some things here as we do and as we go through it that we'll see. So uh, they've taken the Lord, chapter 14, they've tried him, they've condemned him for blaspheme, even though there are no real witnesses to it. Uh, chapter 15, verse 1, and straightway in the morning, the chief priest held a consultation with the elders and scribes and the whole council and bound Jesus and carried him away and delivered him to Pilate. So now we're in Pilate. We, we looked last time, Psalms 2, Acts 4, where Pilate uh, really here demonstrates himself to be a uh, compromising coward, if you will. And uh, now he's going to use some crafty cleverness to try to get uh, around being held accountable for uh, what's going to happen here with the Lord Jesus Christ. And in the end, guess what? It doesn't work. So again, Pilate here, he's, <laughs> he's, he's verse 6, now at, at the feast he released unto them one prisoner whomsoever they desired. Pilate's going to try to get around it. He's going to use some clever, and yet really in the end it's going to be what, uh, he's going to get undone by the hatred of the nation of Israel against the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, again, they hated the Lord. And uh, they've, uh, when, you, when you have that kind of hatred then your uh, enemies become your friends. And Dad made the statement one time that it makes some strange bedfellows. And that's really what's going to happen here as the nation has come and joined league with the Gentiles. Again, Psalms 2 and Acts 4. And it's really, as, we're, as we look at it here, we'll, we're just going to kind of see in the moment what's happening. Verse 6. Uh, well, ver yeah, verse 6. Now at that feast, he released unto them one prisoner, whomsoever they desired. So Pilate, verse 5, but Jesus yet answered nothing, so that Pilate marveled. The way he leaves Pilate here is the, the, the way that he, he just, he leads, leaves him with nothing. And literally in the silent answer, what the Lord is really demonstrating to Pilate is, is you've already, uh, you've found no fault in me three times, okay? So I'm going to leave it with you, Pilate, to now deal with your own conscience. I'm not going to get you off the hook. I'm not going to let you off the hook by giving you some more ammo, ammunition, or so forth. So really... I'm just, he, the Lord's silent, and in his silence, he's really condemning Pilate to himself, to his own conscience about his own actions. And again, Mark is condensing this all down. Matthew and Luke and John, long conversations, a lot of 
stuff going on, but Mark is bottom line it. Here it is. We don't have time for all that. We, we got to get moving here. And again, Christ to Pilate, you're struggling with your own conscience, and I'm not going to help you off. I'm not going to let you off the hook. So again, Mark is going to dive right into the issues here and get really to, to, the, to the issue. Verse 6, now at that feast, now that feast, the feast is Passover, okay? And he's going to release unto them one prisoner whomsoever they desired. Look at verse 8. And the multitude cried aloud, began to desire him to do as he had ever done unto them. Now, Pilate's going to struggle with the releasing of Barabbas because he is a bad guy, okay? But yet, Pilate is going to is being he's going to be asked he's going to be reminded that he needs to do something that he's been doing year after year there's no requirement in the jewish law to let him let the release of a prisoner there's no requirement or standard in the roman law this is something uh, come over to luke 13 this is something that herod did himself he ever did he he's been doing this year in and year out, and Luke 13. And the reason for that is that Pilate had a very shaky relationship with the nation of Israel. Uh, actually, he had a shaky relationship with all the people he governed over. And uh, in, in Roman history, uh, you, you, you read about the fact that the Jews constantly complained about Pilate. They complained so much that eventually Caesar recalls him and uh, he loses all of his authority, all of his power. So Pilate had a, he had a tendency to have a heavy hand on those that he governed. He, he wasn't the, so what are you going to do? They're going to complain. So then he comes in and whacks them a little more. If you look at Luke 13 and verse 1, there, there, there were present at that season some that told him of the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. Now, look, Pilate has taken some folks here, he's killed them, and then he mingled the blood in with the blood of their sacrifices. That's that heavy-handedness there, see? So he had a, he, he had a touchy relationship with, well, here's the Galileans, with really the Jews, but really with everybody. So to build goodwill, go back to Mark 15, what does he do? Every year at Passover, I'll release somebody for you. I'll come over here and release a prisoner. And that's in verse 8 there. And the multitude crying aloud began to desire him to do as he had ever done unto them. They, this really isn't Pilate's uh, thing here. It's really the crowd, okay, calling him to do it. You see, Pilate isn't, he isn't the only, he isn't really just kind of, all right, hey, it's time, let's get a guy. You know, the crowd is at, verse 8, and the multitude crying. See, they're the ones that have come out and say, we want you to do this. Remember, you did it last year, you did it all these years, and so it's time to release a prisoner to us. You've always done it. So now Pilate is going to take this opportunity He's going to take advantage of it. He's going to bring up Barabbas. And he's going to say, you know, he's going to literally, you could see, you can see it here. He's saying, Barabbas is such a bad guy. And the Lord there's no, is a good guy. So where would the people go? Obviously, they would go with the good. But they're not, are they? They're going to go with the bad. So he's crafty. He's clever here. Verse 7, and there was one named Barabbas which lay bound with them that had made insurrection with him, who had committed murder in the insurrection. So you think about this guy. Here's a guy. He's a pretty bad dude. By the way, he's bound. He, so Barabbas, um, while we're looking at this, you can get John 18, but don't leave Mark 15 just yet. He says, there's one named Barabbas, which lay bound with them. He's bound. In other words, he's already been convicted, okay? 
at the county jail, if you're not convicted, you're in an orange jumpsuit and it says not sentenced on the back. The moment you're sentenced, you change colors and, and it says sentence. It used to be gray. I don't know what it is now, but, but it says sentence across the back. He has already been convicted. He's already been sentenced to be executed. He, he's bound there. He's laying there. He's bound there. The law has got him. It's legitimate. He's an insurrectionist. He's a rebel. He's rebelling against the government. And in that, what did he do? He committed murder, see? So come over to John 18. Look at verse 40, well, verse 39. But ye have a custom that I should release unto you one at the Passover. Will ye therefore that I release unto you the king of the Jews? Then cried they, and we'll come, we're going to come back into this in, in a little bit. But look, look, then said they all again, saying, Not this man, but Barabbas. Now Barabbas was a robber. So not only is he an insert, a rebel, rebelling, rebellion, and a murderer, but he's also a thief. <laughs> so when you think about what's happening here, these items that begin to characterize Barabbas, he's a convicted prisoner, he's, he's an insurrectionist, he's a rebel, He's a re rebelled against the Roman authority. He's a murderer and a thief. Those four things there are, are, the, are the, the, the characteristics. And literally what's going to happen is, is he becomes a picture of the nation. And we'll see that here as we go. Come over to Acts chapter 3. Acts chapter 3. And it's, this is an interesting thing here in Acts 3. So the, the thing here is that there's something deeper going on behind Barabbas than just he's a bad man and, you know, who you, the Lord's going to is going to come in and substitute out and we see all of that because of Acts 3. This really shines some light on this, verse 12. Acts 3, verse 12. Notice Peter here. He's speaking to the nation. He's literally speaking to the men who just did this. We're less than a year, we're, we're 50 days since the crucifixion, okay? Verse 12, and when Peter saw it, he answered unto the people, ye men of Israel, why marvel ye at this? Or why look ye so earnestly on us, as though by our own power or holiness we have made this man to walk? So he's healed the lame, the, he's healed the lame man, they're sitting uh, verse 11, the porch, which is called Solomon's, and he's addressing the nation. Verse uh, 13, the God of Abraham and of Isaac and of Jacob, the God of our fathers, hath glorified his son, Jesus, whom ye delivered up and denied him in the presence of Pilate when he was determined to let him go. But ye denied the Holy One and the just and desired a murderer to be granted unto you, and killed the prince of life, whom God hath raised from the dead, whereof we are witnesses. Notice Peter brings up the issue with Barabbas. See? So the, 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 the choosing of Barabbas instead of the Lord was a very key moment of choice, really, here for the nation. Because the nation here is literally renouncing her Messiah, her heritage, her messianic hope, and they're now going after a false hope. So they literally say, we don't want the kingdom promised to us. We, we're, we don't want him. We want Caesar. So when you come back, so Acts, Peter pointing back to this event makes it more than just a Sunday school story. It makes it something deeper, something, something more, because it's a, it's, a, it's, a, uh, it's a crisis moment. It's a moment where the people could have said, no, keep Barabbas, let Jesus go free. And again, you think about it, in the presence of Pilate, when he was determined to let him go, three times Pilate said, no problem, no fault, no fault, no fault. Herod, no fault. Pilate's wife, get rid of him. And yet, what did they do? They denied the Holy One, see? And they chose a murderer to be granted. 
So when you think about this, there's some tremendous, come back to Matthew 27. So when you think about this as we move through it, it it's something that is very uh, uh, eye-opening here. Uh, as we get here. Now, you think about Barabbas, B-A-R-A-B-B-A-S. We, well, we know what Abba, Bar- the Abbas, Abba, my, you know, father, papa, okay? Bar, son. So literally, his name means son of the father, which is going to be, really, he's a false son of the father. He's one who is doing it on his own, He's not in the proper place. So what do you see in the nation? Here they are. They should be the son of the father. But what are they? they're over here fault. They're out doing their own. And the event that Peter's pointing to is you've denied the Messiah. Pilate was wanting to let him go. And you literally renounce your messianic hope by doing, by when you did that. You pronounced in your own words, your own conditions, away with him, we want Caesar. And you've lost it. Now, if you look at Matthew 27, you have uh, verse 15. Now, at that feast, the governor was wont to release unto the people a prisoner whom they would. And they had then a notable prisoner called Barabbas. You see that notable prisoner? He was a very popular Jewish freedom fighter. He's an insurrectionist. Okay, you go back and you study some of the of the history around Barabbas, and he was a hero of the people. Why? Because the man's got us down, and he was fighting that. He emboldened the hope, the dream, the desires of the nation. They're in captivity. I mean, what do they want? All they want to do is be delivered, and he's out there leading the charge. Notable. So they admired this guy. They, they looked at him, they loved him, see, you know. They, they looked at him and said, bam, yeah, yes, he's a convicted person. By the way, that means he's done all that they've accused him of. And yet at the same time, in, again, insurrectionist. And by the way, he committed the murder while doing the insurrecting, you know. <laughs> I think about that and I go, man, how our society picture is just resembles this completely. Because what did we have a few years ago? A little insurrectionist, and there was a murder. Now, they let the murderer go free, but there was a murder, see. But the thing of it is, is when you look at this, he, the rest here, they look at him as a freedom fighter. So Pilate doesn't pick a bad guy in the eyes of the people. They, he picked the guy, all right, cool, we're, we are very comfortable with him walking free, even though he's done such dastardly things, you see. And what you begin to see there now is you see the, the, the rest of, the, you, you, see the, you see the nation. They didn't care about all of the corruption. They didn't care about the fact that he was a murderer or a thief. All they cared about was that he was a what? A freedom fighter getting us out of the political bondage that they're in. They're in it because of the fifth course of judgment, but the nation doesn't know, know that. They don't understand it. They don't believe it. They couldn't even find it if you had told them. See, so they're doing what no one else would. He's out doing what nobody else would do. He's out holding the feet to the fire and that vain religious system that it wasn't helping them. They, it wasn't getting them out from underneath. So his characteristics and his actions don't, his character doesn't matter. And the fact that he was trying to, to free them from the Roman oppressor was all that they were looking at. So uh, come over to John 8. So when, you, when we look at this guy and we think about how the nation of Israel was, the condition in Israel of that vain religious apostate system that they were involved in, they're, they're bonded, they're, they're in bondage, uh, John 8. They're, they're just, and, and now they're going to go commit murder. Look at John 8, John 8, verse 31. Here's the Lord, and I think, again, think about Barabbas. He's, he's bound, he's, in, he's, un, he's under, uh, I just had it. 
Go back. Don't leave John 8. He was, which lay bound with them. He's bound. John 8, verse 31. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, If ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Then answered him, I'm sorry, they answered him, We be Abraham's seed, and were never in bondage to any man. How sayest thou, ye shall be made, ye shall be made free? Now, this is the Pharisees he's dealing with, see. And what does he just say? No, no. He says, we've never been in bondage to any man. That's a lie. They've been in bondage. But look at how they look at that Roman captivity that they're under, see. Prior to Rome, they were under the, they were under the bondage of Greece. Prior to Greece, the Medes and the Persians. Prior to them, Babylon. See, they've always been under, in that fifth course of judgment, the issue of Gentile bondages. Yet, what do they say? We've never been under bondage to any man. See how they don't, they ha, there, there is just a spiritual blank in all of this. That They're not paying attention is what's happening here. They're literally denying that issue that they're under bondage because they're apostate. Verse 33. Uh, verse 34, I'm sorry. Jesus answered them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whosoever committeth sin is, a, is the servant of sin. And the servant abideth not in the house forever, but the son abideth ever. If the son shall, therefore shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. So, he says, you guys are under bondage. They said, we've never been under bondage. I'll set you free. How can you say, we've never been there? And literally he's telling them that their freedom starts with the spiritual freedom. They had to be delivered from that satanic bondage, the stronger man and all that, where they were. That's why verse 44, what does he say to them? Ye are of your father the devil. And the lust of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own for he is a liar and the father of it. You see, they, they're, they're not cluing into any of that. And what, what, the, what the Lord's telling them is, is, listen, if the son therefore shall make you free, you shall be free. I'm here to deliver you. You're going to pick Barabbas who you think's fighting the political fight He's fighting a losing battle. I'm here to literally get you out. So through their, through Baal worship, through their vain religious system, Israel is in bondage. They're captured. They're taken over. If you remember Isaiah 49, Satan stands up and says, they are lawfully captive. You gave them your word. You gave them the commandments. They broke them. They belong to me. There's Barabbas. So here we have Barabbas, the, the son of the father, okay? And where is he? He's legally held. He's bound. Where's the church? Where's the, uh, the, the kingdom? Where's the nation? Sorry. Legally bound. So in Barabbas, we see a picture of the condition in Israel and what... They are bound. Now, come over to Mark 7, because he's an insurrectionist. He's a rebel. He's leading the charge against the man, as it is. Mark 7, 7. Howbeit in vain do they worship me, teaching for doctrine the commandments of men. For laying aside the commandment of God, ye hold the tradition of men as the washing of pots, and cups, and many other such like things ye do. Now, the, again, the Lord's talking to the Pharisees, and what's he bring up? You guys are following the traditions of men. Verse 9, And he said unto them, Full well ye reject the commandment of God, that ye may keep your own tradition. Reject. You, you know what you're doing? You're rebelling against what God's word says. Because you like that vain religious system, that traditions of men, and you want to keep it. You're, seeking, you're trying to seek your own righteousness 
So what are they? They're a nation in rebellion. That's why they're in captivity, by the way. What was, why was Barabbas in captivity? The, insur- the rebellion, the rebelling, see. So again, the picture here, back and forth, come over to John chapter 10. John chapter 10. The robber, the thief, Malachi 3, Malachi says to the nation, you, are, you rob God in offering tithes and offerings. Well, how do they rob God? Well, they, instead of doing what the Word of God says, what are they doing with their, with their tithes and offerings? They're consuming them, them for them. They're keeping them for themselves. They're robbing, robbery, something special here, okay? That the, in the earthly ministry of Christ, this issue, John 10, that this issue about being a robber is not a casual thing. 10.1, verily, verily, I say unto you, he that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up over, I'm sorry, climbing up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. See, there it is. We've got a door and we've got a sheepfold. And if, so here's the sheepfold. Here's the little flock. So if you're going to try to get into the little flock some other way. Now, the door is water baptism. There's a porter of the door, verse 3. That's John the Baptist. So if you're trying to get into the little flock some other way, some other way than how God says you're to do it, then what are you? You're a thief and a robber. You're, and again, he's talking about the vain religious system that holds Israel in captivity, in that rebellion, and now what has it produced? Robbery. Now drop down to verse 10. The thief cometh not, but for to steal, steal, and to kill, and to destroy. I am come that they might have, I'm come that they might have life, and that they might have it more abundantly. The thief is going to do what? Steal and kill. That's what he's going to do. Verse 12. But he that is a hireling and not the shepherd, whose own sheep are not, seeth the wolf cometh and leaveth the sheep and fleeth, and the wolf catcheth them and scattereth the sheep. Now we've got a hireling. Now he's talking to the leadership of Israel, and who are they? <laughs> You're the hireling, see? You're just a bunch of thieves and robbers here. And when, when again, he, again, they're in that vein, that apostate vein religious system, Baal worship. And he says, you know what? You're here to steal. And what, are the, what they're stealing, come over to Matthew 11. What they're stealing is the nation. And they're stealing the nation for the adversary, for Satan and his policies and plans of evil for it. That's what they're stealing. They're not stealing any blessings or anything because, you know, they're Abraham's kid, descendants. But what are, they're stealing something. Now, look at Matthew 11. This helps with this. He's talking about John the Baptist, verse 11. 11, 11. Verily I say unto you, among them that are born of women, there hath not risen a greater than John the Baptist. Notwithstanding, he that is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. So we've got the kingdom of heaven. Verse 12. And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence, and the violent take it by force. Someone is trying to take the kingdom by force. When you take something by force, it's called robbery. They're trying to take it over. They're trying to do it, and they're, they're, not, they're trying to come in and do it their way, not God's way. You see, they've rebelled against God's way. They're after the traditions of men, not after the commandments of God. So they've already rebelled. Now they're going to take that nation, and they're taking it with violence and force. And the, re, the result, verse 13, for all the prophets and the law prophesied until John. And that's where we're at here. You see, they've come in now, 
And instead of going into the sheepfold the right way, they've come in over the wall, and he's like, you're a robber. Uh, come over to Matthew 21. Matthew 21. Here's the, the next step in this. Matthew 21, this issue of robbery. In Matthew 21, he gives a parable here and lays this out. Uh, it, it, it's, and it's concerning the kingdom, verse 33, Matthew 21, 33. Here another parable. There was a certain householder which planteth a vineyard and hedged it round about and digged a winepress in it and built a tower and let it out to husbandmen which, uh, and, and went into a far country. So the, the householder is God, the vineyard is Israel, the nation, the, the, the vine tree is what represents the national life of Israel. You've got a wine press. Why, why would you have a wine press? You're trying to get the fruit of the grape out. You're trying to get the fruit of the vine out. You've got a tower. All through Scripture, the tower it, it rep is a picture of religion. And again, God, gave, God founded the nation of Israel. And then he provided through that nation the, the ability to produce some fruit from him. And he put his religion, a pure religion, in their midst. And he accomplishes that, gets it all started there by Moses. And yet, what have they done? They've corrupted it. See, how did they do that? Well, they rebelled against God's word. They rebelled against doing it God's way. They've, that's insurrection. They've come in now, and this is exactly what Israel was doing they're overthrowing the government of God in that nation, okay? And they do it by rejecting God's word. And that's ultimately what's after. Now, watch verse 34. And by the way, the husbandmen are the religious leaders. That goes back up in verse 23, but that's, where, that's who he's talking to. Verse 34, and when the time of the fruit drew near, he sent his servants to the husbandmen, that they might receive the fruits of it. And the husbandman took his servants and beat one and killed another and stoned another. <laughs> so here's the picture. It's, time, it's getting close to the time for harvest, for the fruit. So he sends the servants. Here's the prophets. Watch the timeline here. Verse 35. And the husband took his servants, beat one, killed another, and stoned another. And again he sent other servants, more than the first, and they did unto them likewise. But last of all, he sent unto them his son, saying, they will reverence my son. Now, I think, notice, what, what was their reaction when he sent servants to them? What did they do to him? They murdered him. What's Barabbas? He's a murderer. In the insurrection, he caught murder. So now they're going to send his son. Well, how do they react to that? Verse 38, but when the husbandmen saw the son... They said among themselves, this is the heir, come, let us kill him. Now watch, and let us seize on his inheritance. They're going to take the government of the kingdom by violence away from the, the son. What are they going to do? They're going to murder him. They're going to kill him. And that, and that enables them to take by violence the kingdom. The nation belongs to him. The, the, it's his, see, it was God, Ephesians 1, 9, we know now through Ephesians 1, 9, and 10, that it was the Father's plan, it's going to go to the Son. Now, that's, by the way, that's all through the Old Testament in the Messianic thing, uh, uh, passages. But what are these guys doing? They're doing exactly what Barabbas is pictured at. Now, watch, now, Watch verse 42. Jesus saith unto them, Did ye never read in the scriptures the stone which the builders rejected, the same is become the head of the corner? This is the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. So Daniel 2, when Daniel gives Nebuchadnezzar the vision and the dream and the interpretation of that image, and in verse 44 and 45, he says, you saw that stone cut without hand, and it comes down there, and that's the king, that's God's kingdom. The God of heaven will have a kingdom on the earth. That's the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God. The, 
He's, you didn't read Daniel 2, guys? Don't you? Here's what the prophet said. Verse 43, therefore say I unto you. Uh-oh. You guys rejected the stone, and you know what? That rejected stone has become the cornerstone for the kingdom. By the way, it's Psalms 118, too, just FYI, verse 42. Your rejection really didn't do a thing. So then he says, verse 43, Therefore I say unto you, the religious leaders of the apostate nation, the kingdom of God shall be taken from you and given to a nation, bringing forth the fruits thereof. The a nation, a, not nations. That's what everybody teaches out there. That would be the Gentiles. And actually, some of them are so more into bold that it says it's really Rome and the Roman Catholic Church. That's where they pull that. It, doesn't, it says a nation. You ought to have written down somewhere in your mind or on the page, Luke 12, verse 33, Fear not, little flock, it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Moses calls the little flock a foolish nation. Paul quotes that in Romans 9 later. So the a nation here is that little flock, that believing remnant, that he's going to produce a born-again nation out of that apostate nation, and he's going to give them the kingdom. Verse 44, and whosoever shall fall on the stone shall be broken. That's his first coming. But on whomsoever it shall fall, it will grind him to powder. There's a second coming. Both comings there, see. So when verse 38 says, you guys say we're going to kill the son, seize his inheritance, what you're really saying, what, what are they what are they doing here when they go and go kill the son? Because they're taking the Lord, the Pilate, and Barabbas, and all that's going to happen. Really, what are they saying? We're taking the kingdom away from him, and we're going to come over here and we're going to serve it up to the adversary. That's why Peter in Acts 3.13 and 14, you guys chose the murderer and not the Messiah, and you're guilty. There's now no cover. By the way, Acts 1 to 7, 1 to 8, 1 to 9, 1 to 8, 1 to 9, is a written indictment by Peter on the nation of Israel for their activity concerning the Messiah. You killed him. You said, away with him. We'll have no king but Caesar. Crucify him. Crucify. There, you have no more cover You've completely renounced that messianic hope, which is the kingdom. And now you're just trying to cover yourself, and it isn't going to work. By the way, what's interesting there in verse 45, and when the chief priest and the Pharisees heard his parable, they perceived that he spake of them. They got it. They understood it. He's talking about us. So now we have to cover it. So what do we do? We go and drag him over there to Pilate. We'll let Pilate kill him, and it'll be Pilate's fault. But what is Pilate doing? Pilate's trying to cover himself, and he's going to, by some cleverness here, he's like, get Barabbas ready because we're going to And now we're on board where we're at. Go back to Mark 15. See. So you've got a lot, of, you know, again, something deeper than just the Sunday school story about, hey, Rather, in, Pi in Barabbas, we're really reading about a picture of the condition of, really, the mindset within the nation. He's representing exactly how they think. So when they choose him, they're choosing their own will. They're choosing their own mindset, their own likeness. They're not just choosing a bad guy over a good guy. They're choosing, this is how we really think about it. We have an opportunity for, for the issue of, of insurrection, of getting free of all of this stuff that God's commanded us to do. We're getting free of God's word. We're getting away from that. We're going to go do our own thing. And, we're turn and Satan's just saying, yep, bring it on in, guys. Because what does Satan know? In order for God to rule and reign in the earth, what does he have to have? He's got to have his nation 
there to do it. And if I can corrupt that nation, they're not usable. God can't then f carry out, but what's the Lord doing? He's picking up and he's saying, yeah, but I've got this born-again nation coming out of that apostate, and I'm going to use them. By the way, that's the answer in Isaiah 49 to the, they're lawfully captive. And he says, yeah, but I went and died, and I paid that cry, that penalty of the law and took care of it in their mind. So come back to Mark 15. Now watch Pilate here and how he's going to put it, put it all in, play, put it there, and he, he's going to put it all on the table, no questions. He's going to get released of it. He's, got, he's covering, and then yet guess what happens? <laughs> There's no cover for Pilate. Verse 8, 15, 8. And the multitude crying aloud began to desire him to do as he had ever done unto them. But Pilate answered them saying, Will ye that I release unto you the king of the Jews? Now, again, that's Mark. Right to the bottom line, right to the issue. What is the issue with Pilate? Who's running the show? Okay. Do you really want me to release the king? Is this really the king of the Jews? But, which, but really, the question that Pilate is asking them is, you tell me which one is king of the Jews. Because we have Barabbas, son of the father, and we have the Lord Je Jesus Christ, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of the father. So which one is king of the Jews? You tell me. That's really what Pilate is putting up there. He's going to make them make that decision. See, Are you going to accept the false king? Or are you going to reject the real king? What are you doing here, guys? You, so are you going to accept the one that God has validated, the one that God sent, the one that God gave the authority to? Or are you going to go do this one over here that looks like you guys? Which one is it? So see, Pilate Pilate is very clear on what the issue here is. He, know, he is so clear. He sees right through them. See, if, 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 Look at verse 10. For he knew that the chief priest had delivered him for what? For envy. See, Pilate cut right through all the political nonsense. He's a seasoned Roman governor. He, he saw it all. So, you, so the question then is which one is king? You, you guys, I know that you delivered him for envy. I know that you have ulterior motives. I see the issues with the chief priest. So tell me, which one is king? And he's not going to like the one that they give because now he's got to go kill an innocent man, ultimately. See, Who's it going to be? Choose. Mark 10, if you go back to Mark 10, Mark 10, what Pilate understood about the leaders and what the leaders saw, the, the, the envy, okay, is this thing in Mark 10. But Jesus called, verse 42, Mark 10, 42, but Jesus called them to him and saith unto him, them, Ye know that they which are accounted to rule over the Gentiles, now watch, exercise lordship over them, and their great ones exercise authority upon them. What had been happening in the earthly ministry of the Lord? He'd come in, heal, and his fame would go out. He would come in and heal and cast out demons and all the unclean spirits, and he was, he was loved by the people. What did that do to the authority, to the chief priest? They are threatened by it. See, he, they saw, Matthew 22, they saw Christ as a threat to their authority and their power. That's where the envy is. See, the envy is, and that's why they had the plan with, with Judas to take him where the people weren't watching because they feared the people. You see, that, and Pilate, he understood, he saw it because he's in the same boat. <laughs> If you, guys pick, if you guys pick this guy and he is the king, you know, I'm in trouble, see. So Peter, uh, Peter, Pilate is struggling to not lose it here, see. But so are the chief priests. And because Pilate knows that the reason for the whole 
scene, the whole situation, is that they're just trying to hold on to their power and, the authority, and their authority because Christ is a threat to that. Because what did he say? Hey, tear the temple down. Three days, I'll rebuild it. Talking about his body. And they're like, hey, how can that be done? Blah, blah, blah. You know, well, I can do it. Why? Because I'm God. What? You said you're God. Why do you do this? You know, and it's like, I can, no problem. So when you come back to Mark 15 here, Pilate is well aware of what's going on. He's just trying to put up a, well, which is the king? Barabbas, bad guy, insurrectionist, murderer, thief. Or is it the Jesus of Nazareth, the good guy? I found no fault in him three times. So he says, verse 11, but the chief priest moved the people that he should rather release Barabbas unto them. See who's doing the persuasion. They moved the people. They persuaded the people. Who's doing it? The chief priests are, see? Now, this crowd right here, what usually happens is people, you'll hear preachers say and read books that'll say that this crowd is the same crowd that shouted, Hosanna, Hosanna, and the triumphal entry and all of that. And the problem with that is, is it's not the same crowd. The crowd that's in the triumphal entry events, those were Galileans. Those were followers. This crowd is, they're in Jerusalem, see. They're in, they're in these are their uh, supporters, the chief priest supporters, see. They moved the people. They persuaded them. The chief priests say it, so guess what? It must be true. It's, it's their, they're on their own, I'm trying to think of the word, home turf. It's their crowd. It isn't a crowd that's, and they're going to choose the bad over the good. They're going to choose the human effort over God's provision. So what are they going to say? Barabbas over the Lord. And again, that's Acts 3, critical point here, critical moment here. The picture of Barabbas, Israel in total captivity, underneath, rebelling. And it, again, they're just going to come right in here, and it's just going to blow up on them. Verse 12. Verse 12. In, in that thing in Acts 3... In the, in the rejection of Christ, where they denied the Holy One and they chose the murderer, Pilate, look, look back at Matthew 27, just real quick here. Matthew 27. Because when that stuff begins to happen, Mark doesn't talk about this. Mark, again, Mark's to the point. The, the issue here is king of the Jews. Who's in charge? But look at Matthew 27. In verse 24, when Pilate saw that he could prevail nothing, but that rather a tumult was made, he took water and washed his hands before the multitude, saying, I am innocent of the blood of this just person. See you to it. Now watch their answer. Then answered all the people and said, His blood be on us and on our children. That's how desperately wicked the nation is. They not only did they deny him, they're gonna kill the prince of life. They're gonna, I mean, this is a sad moment. So much so that they're in Acts 3. Actually, if you look back there at Acts 4, Peter just he brings it right back up to these same guys. Acts 4, verse 11, he says, This is the stone. By the way, he just again indicted him again for crucifying the Savior. It's fascinating. Every time Pilate or Peter says, you killed him, in, this, in the next breath he says, but God raised him up. <laughs> so you killing him didn't do it because God raised him up. It's just boom, nail it. Why? Because he's their deliverer and their avenger. Verse 11, 411, this is the stone which was set at naught of you builders, which has become the head of the corner. See, now we're back in Matthew 21, that parable back there we looked at earlier. He's talking to the leaders, and their, the leader's job was to build up the nation spiritually, and they weren't doing it. So come back there to Mark 15. Just the, just the, bra the, the brazenness of 
of the people, of the nation, to say, away with him, we don't, we don't care, that his blood's on our head and our children's head. I mean, just, the, they, just that whole thing there. So it's a big deal. Mark 15, verse 12. And Pilate answered and said again unto them, What will ye then that I should do unto him whom ye call king of the Jews? Now, they didn't call him king of the Jews. See, Pilate's trying to be crafty. He's trying to be clever. He's trying to get around things. Again, he's trying to get around the the answer of verse 11. (laughs) Give us Barabbas. We don't want him, you see. And again... Pilate, he's trying to release himself. He's trying to cover himself. He's he, never to do what's right. What would have been right? Walk the Lord out, you're released. Go, get out. Three times, I found no fault. He's an innocent man. He's the Roman ruler. He's just, he's innocent. You see, but what did Pilate know? The real reason is that issue of envy over there. And they're not, but yet he's what? Not willing to do the right thing. He's void of any principle. That's why he's, I read a guy one time years ago, he called him Coward of the County, pulling off a song from Johnny Cash, I think, or something. And that's what he's doing. You see, all he came in, all pilots come to do is just to cover himself to maintain his position of authority and power, but then recognize chief priests are doing the same thing. So verse 13, and they cried out again, crucify him. Then Pilate said unto them, why? What evil hath he done? And they cried out the more exceedingly, crucify him. Pilate, he's not operating by the truth here, see. He's only operating by the political expediency of the moment. He's at the end of himself. He's sick and tired of dealing with them, but he knows that if he doesn't cave, they're going to complain back up the ladder, and then I'm going to lose my job, and then the wife's out of her black card at the store and all this stuff, and I just, I'm done. I'm tired of all this. I've tried every angle I know. So verse 15, and so Pilate willing to content the people, released Barabbas unto them and delivered Jesus, whom he had scourged, I'm sorry, when he had scourged him to be crucified, willing to content the people, political expediency. I do this in order to gain and get what I need done. The people, Israel, the chief priest. By the way, what do the politicians say? We're doing it for the people or we're doing it for the children. And then they you read what they did, and they don't care about either one. The people don't care, by the way. They cried out, the end of verse 14, the more exceedingly. See, the chief priest has worked that crowd up into a frenzy, political speech. Got them going, got them all revved up. So Pilate, again, willing, content the people. What's the benefit for me? I'm off the hook, you can have him. The chief priests send the people in, they're pressuring Pilate. They're, you know, <laughs> I, you think about modern day, and here's the, the Pilate, he's got the, the guard, the soldiers of the, uh, the Roman soldiers, and they're like, dude, would you just let him go home? Give him the guy so we can all go home. Don't you know it's the weekend? What? You know the paperwork we got to do? You know, and, just, and he just caves. So then he releases Barabbas unto them. Their folk hero, their political hero, delivered Jesus when he had scourged him to be crucified. Then they're going to, verse 16, we'll pick up here next week, and the soldiers led him away into the hall called Prathetorium, and they called together the whole band. And they clothed him with purple and plaited a crown of thorns and put it about his head and began to salute him, hail, hail, king of the Jews. And they smote him on the head with the reed and 
did spit upon him, and bowing their knees, worshipped him. And when they had mocked him, they took off the purple from him and put his own clothes on him and led him out to crucify him. So they're going to scourge him. They do this. By the way, they do this for three hours, from 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. They beat on him. Verse 21, now he's on his way to be crucified. The releasing of Barabbas does, I said earlier it's more than a Sunday school, and, but that issue of that Sunday school where the Lord does come to take the place for his people, but he comes to save his people from their sin. So the releasing of Barabbas and the Lord taking his place does picture the substitutionary work of the Lord. It, he's come to release his people from the bondage of religious tyranny that they're in. He comes to, to substitute himself. Okay? Now, we know today through Paul's revelation that he really did it for who? All of mankind. Here, they don't know any of that. So this is a wonderful picture of Barabbas and then all of his issues, and then this, the Lord coming, and so forth. Come back to Isaiah 53. Just, just catch this. So there is a great picture here, really, of the fulfilling of Isaiah 53, verse 6. And again, we can appreciate this, knowing what we know now, looking back and seeing 1 Corinthians 15, 3 and 4, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, Okay. Now, we're not in Isaiah 53. Isaiah 53 is about Israel. But if you look at verse 6, all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. See? Again, if, by the way, if you look down at uh, verse 8, he was taken from prison and from judgment. And who shall declare his generation? For he was cut off out of the land of the living. For the transgression of my people was he stricken. And my people, Isaiah's people, is Israel. Matthew 1 is John 1. He came into his own. And his own. So it isn't you and I here because they don't know Paul's revelation yet. It's Israel. But what we're seeing in Barabbas is a fulfillment of Isaiah 53, verse 6. So there is more to it than just that picture, there's also all that going on underneath that we looked at, that Israel when, was making a choice. They made the choice for the false son of the father. And then they went and crucified the real son, the true son. So they chose the false over the true. And they're coming in trying to do it on their own rather than enjoying the provisions there made by the Savior. So when we pick up, and we're going to go on now down in Mark 15, we'll see the crucifixion and those events. Again, Mark isn't, I mean, he's, here's the bottom line, boom, boom. And Barabbas, again, in all four accounts, even in Acts, Peter reaches back and says that was the vital. That, that's that thing like in Acts 7 with the fall of, when they stoned Stephen, there's the fall of the nation of Israel, the dispensational change. Act, or Mark or 15 with Barabbas, there's another moment than they have just forfeited all rights and cl legal claim to the kingdom of heaven, to the kingdom of God. It's no longer theirs. So we'll see some of that as we move on and so forth down there. But don't let Barabbas just be a substitutional thing, individual. He is that. He is a fulfillment of Isaiah 53. But rather look at it for a little deeper that, hey, there's more going on here than just a nice little story. It's actually, here's the, the thinking of Israel in the moment. And why every time Pilate would say, I, I love that thing there in Mark 15, when he, uh, verse 14, Then Pilate said, unto, Pilate said unto them, why? What evil hath he? I, you can just see the frustration of, what is your... Why? He's innocent, and yet they want the bad to go. And again, it's just their hatred of the Lord Jesus Christ because they fear him. And, uh, but again, I mean, think about Barabbas. He's in the cell. He knows he's going to die. 
He hears the crowd outside chanting his name, Barabbas, Barabbas, Barabbas. Yeah. And he's like, man, what in the world is going on? And then the Roman guard comes down over and goes, you're free to go. It's like, what happened here, you know? And again, it's unexpected. And uh, it's unconditional, by the way. He's double jeopardy, can't happen. And yet he's set free. And again, that is literally what God's provided in the Messiah for the nation of Israel, that in spite of their rejection, what is he going to do one day? He's going to forgive them, and he's going to, the new covenant and all that information comes into place. Now they're going to take the Lord outside of the camp, outside of the city, and they're going to kill him. And that's where they do their killing is outside. So we'll see that next time, or some of it, okay? All right, Dearly Father, we thank you for the evening, Lord. We thank you for your word. We thank you for everything that we have in your Son. We thank you for the revelation that you gave to the Apostle Paul that allows us to look at some of this a little deeper and to understand and to rejoice and to just glorify you in everything that we say and we do. In your name we pray, amen.